This is Mean Gene, the Dancing Machine from the Gong Show, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Of course, unless I'm trying to get Chuck Woolery to Gong GM Chris, but that's just. Hi, this is Kat, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I'd just as soon kiss a Wookie. This is Death MVP, and I would never listen to the Order 66 podcast, as you still haven't told us what the other 65 orders are. Ha, huh, keep waiting. <laughs> D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Execute Order 66. Well, howdy, Gamer Nation. It's Sunday, October 26, 2008. Welcome back to the show. Episode number 39, the Order 66 uh. podcast. And eagerly awaiting to step all over my words, as usual, GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? I am GM Chris, and I am here live, recorded through the, the mighty airwaves of podcastdom. Uh, to come to you with my ever-faithful cohort companion and Jedi in training, Rebel Sympathizer GM Dave. What is up, compadre? Mm, you know, it's Sunday. I? I went to the uh, Cowboy game today, and they managed to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, the vagaries of American football uh, have not been kind to uh, our, our Dallas Cowboys uh, the past uh, past few weeks. Yeah, they managed to pull one out. Of course, it had to be against the team that I actually root for. Yeah. <laughs> so go figure. Well, that's just that, that's the way it works. Yeah, that's just <laughs> the way it goes, exactly. So anyway, all right, good to have you back, sir. Oh, good to be here. Very good to be here. And we're glad you guys are here. we got an amazing podcast coming up for you. For those who may have just walked into the door for the first time, this is the Order 66 podcast, and it is entirely devoted to the glory of Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing. And uh, we're before we kick things off, guys, we got a little bit of a pre-announcement. Um, uh, we are going to eschew our previously scheduled podcast planning. I know we were going to continue with our um, ultimate builds discussion, talking about the combat medic, the medic, the healer. Um, but we have something a little more important to talk about. And we're going to get to what that is here in a sec. Oh, but, um, tease. You know, Good tease. Yes, to, to, suffice it to say, it's going to be an informational and action-packed episode. So grab your books and let's get started. What do you say, Dave? A veritable extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, excellent. Very good. So... Dave, let's say let's say I have yet to play the the power and the passion, the beauty, the glory that is fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons. You know, maybe I've played Saga. You know, I really like the system, and I can see that there's a lot more that they could do with it. You know, or, or want to see where other areas it could be taken. And and you know, somebody tells me, hey, you know, Star Wars Saga Edition, it was a test bed for fourth edition D and D, uh, and maybe I might want to try a little fantasy role playing. Maybe uh, try out this new fancy schmancy finagled fourth edition D and D. Sure. Um, you know, what, what, what might I do to buff up my knowledge in that arena? Well, 
Just in case some of our regular listeners haven't heard this the first 19 times we've done it, <laughs> go to d20radio.com. Radio Free Hamlet. I'll Radio give them a little bit of grief and saying, if we ever see another episode from them. They just put one up last week. Oh, right. Sorry. Dang it. Episode 10 just went up. You are the most impatient nerf herder I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I know. This is crazy. From a man who's been trying for three months to get a uh, a, a, a Holocron podcast up. Uh, um, for, okay, uh, let's not go the there. Let, let's, uh, let's go as to who promised us a module of the Alternate Universe campaign sometime back in January of 2007. We were playing until June, so. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I guess I exaggerated just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's okay. But yeah, Radio Free Hamlet. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, it is entirely devoted to Fourth Edition Dungeons and Dragons, and it is rocking. Give it a way to go. And uh, while you're at the website, there's several other amazing things you can do. Uh, you can, of course, right now. Um, of course, none of you can hear this right now, except those who are already in. <laughs> already in the chat room. room. At Ustream, uh, we, of course, have a, have a uh, D20 Radio live vidcast. Uh, we um, stream simultaneously as we record the podcast. And you guys can uh, get to the forums and find out when and where that's going to be. And uh, we, we'd like to have you on as we talk. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. It's grand. It, it is grand. And while you're at the website, after you click on that link and go and talk with the rest of the Gamer Nation, you're going to want to click on the D20 Radio swag link. Because you're going to want to see the amazing, wonderful t-shirts that we have to offer for your purchasing pleasure. Support the podcast and uh, buy a D20 Radio t-shirt. We have both Order 66 and Radio Free Helmet versions for you to wear proudly and proclaim your geekdom to the rest of planet Earth. That's right. And by the way... I was so excited to start to start the, the the podcast off. I forgot to say that Jeff, thank you. I was supposed to say this episode of the Order sixty six podcast was brought to you by Jeffrey Simmons, but Jeff Simmons. I totally forgot to do that. So Jeff, sorry, this bud's for you again. Here we go. So yeah, those of you that have sent emails asking where the donation link went, I had another upgrade happen to the server that I didn't know about, and so it nerfed my uh, my my ads and my little banner stuff. Anyway, it's back, so it's there. Yeah, so, is it Jeffrey Simmons, was it? Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons, your sir, are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you for supporting the Order Sixty Six podcast. This episode is yours, sir. Yeah. Wahoo! And it's going to be a good episode. Yep. Well, continuing with announcements, there are a whole slew of juicy bits of web goodness that are out there now and available for you. Um, Not a whole slew, but two that are very important. Uh, The first one, KOTOR Web Enhancement 7, is already up. This is insane. They're churning this crap out. It's wonderful. Um, So go over to the uh, WOTC website and get a look at the stat block for the Cellcath Sasha. Well, Thank you for that. No problem. <laughs> yes, Sasha. The Sasha that Revan rescued from the Sith, who later went on to devote herself to the protection of Manon and found the Order of Sasha, which happens to have some very cool Force talents and its own Force tradition in the KOTOR campaign guide. Skibuta uh, says drink. Drink. Um, so, yeah, that's Sasha. Um, stat block, hey, it's nice to have. It's nothing big. Um, she's a CL8, and she's a master of the Selkathian Force techniques. Woohoo. Uh, so, yeah, pretty interesting. Nice to have her, but uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, of course, the big, juicy bit of web goodness announcement that happened uh, this week. Ah, yes. Friday, as a matter of fact, um, was episode two 
of the official Wizards of the Coast Star Wars Saga Edition podcast with Jedi Master and game designer Rodney Thompson. It is now up and available for your listening pleasure. And it is pretty much, aside from some listener mail, almost entirely devoted to uh, talking with special guest Vader's secret apprentice from the Force Unleashed video game himself, Sam Witwer, who is a rather amazing actor, musician, and a fervent Star Wars role player, and a fan of the Order 66 podcast. Bye, and yes, Kelly. if you listen closely, he does slightly pimp us out in the Watsy cast, <laughs> which I was um, very happy to hear. So, Sam, if you're listening, thank you. Yeah, that was great. So, speaking of that, should we unveil the uh, now? I mean, it seems like it's a pretty good time. Yeah, it's a pretty good. We've been hinting about a special guest for a while. And, and Rodney, I hope you're listening because, I'll say it again, you're a punk because you took Sam Whitworth away from us because Sam Whitworth was supposed to be on our podcast like like a month and a half, two months ago. And, and then he's like, no, no, i got to be on Rodney's podcast because I promised Rodney I'd be on his podcast first. Mm. And then... Uh, Anyway, wow. um, yeah. So anyway, anyway <laughs> next week, November second, Sam Whitworth will be joining us um, uh, live uh, over the inner tubes to be discussing uh, the Force Unleashed as well as various other things. Yep. And um, it's it's a good thing. So uh, that's right. Tune so in next week. It's those of you that wanted to be on the same episode as Sam, now's your chance to send in a bumper because I'm just about to exhaust all the bumpers that I have currently in stock. So if you guys call the lose a line 206-600-5872 or send us an email mp3 file gmdave or gmchris at d20radio.com and we happen to play it then you can geek out and your geek cred will actually go up. Yes. For being on the same episode as Doomsday or Crash Down, or whatever you want to call him by whatever character he plays. Yes. So I uh, can't wait to have Sam on the show, but uh, tune in next week. It's going to be very, very cool. One and um, if you, uh, but he, Sam's a great guy. You can go ahead and give a listen to the Watsy cast. Episode 2 is up right now. You can find that and the KOTOR web enhancement number 7 up at uh, Wizards of the Coast official Star Wars RPG website, www.wizards.com slash Star Wars, where you can also find one other thing that we'll, we'll <laughs> talk about briefly that will be the focus of our episode tonight. Um, <laughs> Vader's Secret Doomsdown, Zert says. <laughs> Vader's Secret Doomsdown. That's great. Very so next nice. week will be, yeah, Order 66, episode, episode 40, 40, Unleashed. We've already got a name for it. There you go, Vader's Secret Doomsdown. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Very nice. The uh, and I guess one other big announcement to make before we get started with the show, Dave, oh, is I, um, I, I believe you and... Um, oh, mo- hey, well, wait a second, wait a second. I need to restart the music then if, we're, if we have another announcement. We have one more. It's a big one. Thank you. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so we have to restart because, yeah, it wasn't in my show notes and I totally forgot because it was my deal. <laughs> yes. Go figure. Well, anyway, I'll let you do the honor, sir. Mostly Joe is in the forum. In fact, he just uh, unleashed Dooms down there. Um as uh, anyway, mostly Joe and I have indeed embarked on the first whatever installment episode chapter we haven't named it yet of the Holocron. Yes, this yes. is exciting. The Holocron like will be the listener? podcast of the what Star Wars: The Old Republic which is the MMO that was uh, unleashed unto the world on the 21st by LucasArts out there in San Francisco. So we uh, go into about 30 minutes of covering what we learned in the uh, press conference, which D20 Radio was fortunate enough to attend, 
and it will be up there as soon as we can possibly put it up there. Yes, yes. we are serious. We yes. are serious, for those of you in the chat room. Yes, this is, this is happening. And um, big shout out to one of our fans uh, who knows who he is, who happened to help get us uh, acquainted with the fine, pe- fine people at uh, LucasArts um, and BioWare. Absolutely. Um, to get us uh, to get us a, uh, a little bit of press credentiality, which was very nice. That's right. And, and helpful. So thank you very, very, very much. Wonderful. All right. Now I can stop the music again. And before you kill the announcement, Ben, I got one more announcement. Okay. Thanks. That's the fifth time I've had to fire that thing off. Every, oh, our yeah. entire well, chat room dude. is drunk. It, yes, okay. Yeah, there you go. One more piece of errata. Last week on the podcast, we announced, of course, oh, they released Iridonian Darkness. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Iridonian Darkness this. is, of course, this brand new downloadable adventure from, on the Wizards of the Coast website, and it's incredible if you haven't had a chance to play it yet or read it if you're a GM. If you're a player, don't read it. Don't ruin it for yourself. It's wonderful. Right. Written by our good friend, Mr. Sterling Hershey. And um, I touted this. A lot of people have been saying that this was the, the quote-unquote lost adventure that was going to be in the KOTOR campaign guide but wasn't. Um, well, I've gotten uh, word from a rather good source, uh, the author, <laughs> 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 uh, that it is indeed not the lost adventure, quote-unquote. That it really was never a lost adventure. It was kind of a whole internet misrumor that they were going to even have an adventure in there anyway. And that this was actually Watsi's generated content specifically for y'all it was it was an initiative saying okay wow we need to get another adventure out there in kotor here it is so they went the extra mile just for us and i for one am appreciative to them and of course sterling Hershey for writing it that's right sterling sorry buddy we didn't mean to um hope we didn't offend you at all we're sorry we made a mistake anyway your module is awesome your module is rocking so thank you guys very much very cool music stops now you can stop the music now. For the last time. God. God. Gosh, man. God. Oh, for real. Oh. <laughs> By the way, I'd like a liter of cola. Would you? No. Oh. Well, Onward and upward. Huh? Onward and upward. Oh, I prefer uh, backward and downward myself. Yeah. And well, that's just the that way note. you roll, though. <laughs> Did you go backward and downward down to your... Um, <laughs> Post office box? Is that where you're going with this? Yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, you know, I, you know, I reach for those uh, those transitions every single week. You know, I got to try and make them somewhat creative puns, and I can never pull it off. But uh, damn it, I'm going to keep trying. But yes, I did manage to get to the post office box this morning and uh, found a nice postcard from our good friend Commander Cody. Ah, uh, yes. So here, take a look at this. This is a this this rich blue coast postcard. It has a very, very frosty sheen to it, and it it smells um mm, delicious. Ooh. And the uh, the squat lettering on it reads, "Welcome to Orto, traveler. You are welcome to listen to our beautiful music, but don't touch our food. You have been warned." Nothing smells like an Oreo cookie. From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody. Dear GM Dave and GM Chris, The Clown Squadron on a continuum will hopefully be the last leg of our journey to collect a musical troupe of extravagant proportions in order to wow the almighty Emperor Palpatine. 
We're trekking along the outer rim, and have managed to assemble the services of a fine group of Beth Chitten Carly players and a rather young and vivacious Poloic singer. They uh, might not have thought this trip was in their best interest when we took them on board, I mean, uh, convinced them to perform for the Almighty Emperor, but they do seem rather excited now, especially since we've stationed a pair of clone Spec Op commandos, who are quite the music lovers, in their quarters 24 hours a day. It's clear to them now that we're all music lovers of the highest order, and that's no doubt motive for them to practice. But we're still in search of one last piece to the group, a good Nalagon player. I'm not a huge fan of the Red Bald Organ myself, but the clown who convinced us to get a Poloic singer was insistent that we needed a Nalagon section as well. I figured, <laughs> he's not too different from me, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. And the best place to get a good Nalagon player? Why, the frigid planet of Orto, of course. The chubby little blue Ortolans play the red ball organ like no one else. Something to do with their sensitive hearing, or so I'm told. But we arrived in the Sluis sector yesterday, and have finally entered the Orto system. I've never been, but it doesn't look like I've missed out on too much. The world is very, very cold, with a thin layer atmosphere and very little precipitation. I understand the lack of density has led to some amazing cave formations under the crust, though. All this means that crops don't really grow here, and all the food for this world is found along the narrow equatorial strip. A few meters further from the sun, and this little world would be a dead zone. But the Ordolans have surprisingly managed to survive, though the creatures hoard and gorge on food whenever they get the chance. It's become something of a passion for them, actually. I'd seen Ordolans from a distance before, and thought they had rubbery blue skin, but uh, seeing them up close, they're covered in fur! It's a short, velvety fur that is commonly dyed a rich blue, or so I've learned. Their natural fur color is gray, but uh, since arriving on this planet, I've seen pink, green, and various other deep colors here, as well as the all-too-common blue. Astonishing. One thing I can say about Orto, the food is fantastic. If you can get it. The Ordolans seem to have devoted themselves to cooking in the same way they devoted themselves to music. Well, let me just put it this way. The worst old Ortolan chef is better than the best field ration any day. Alright chaps, we're about to interview several of the best organ players this little world has to offer, so wish us luck. Later guys. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. And there he goes, yet again. Cody had a cold, I think. You think his, so? His voice was very, very low. It was it was almost uh I don't know, almost half half an octave, maybe. That's kind of odd, don't you think? Yeah, maybe he's coming down with something. Maybe he'll die. Well, that would be unfortunate. That would it would be very fortunate. You're right. No, unfortunate. Oh well, you know, depends on your point of view, I guess. All right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. Okay, before we get started, yeah, in mail call, we have about a four-minute segment that we're going to drop out. Uh, this is listener content that is going to become a regular fixture on the show. I don't know if we're going to put it in mail call just yet or if we're going to make our own thing. Anyway, it's like Star Wars humor, and I like it. I would like to make it part of the show. Uh, we are talking with Fiddleback to attempt to put together kind of a, an ongoing bit, so to speak, that will be in the middle of the show somewhere. We don't know exactly where we're going to put it, but anyway, without further ado, we'll see you on the other side. I thought this was great. You guys have a listen. Oh. 
Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, rebel forces prepared to attack the Death Star. Their mission? Destruction. While the forces around Yavin 4 are committed to the plan, pockets of dissension remain, particularly with one member of Green Squadron. Red Leader standing by. Gray Leader standing by. Green Leader standing by. Lock S files in attack position. Oh no, no, I heard them fine. I just don't know why they have to tell us every time. It's like we've never flown before. We don't know what S-foils do. We don't know that we have to have them locked in position before we attack. Come on, they treat us like idiots. I mean, okay, we're Green Squadron. It's not like we're going to do anything important today. Sure, we'll get shot at. And we'll do some shooting. But we're not going to do anything important. It's not like we're making the trench run. Nope. It's that other squadron with the farm boy that's doing all the work. Hey, 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 I don't tell you how to plot hyperspace navigational thingamajiggers. You don't tell me how to fly, okay? This is my ship. You're just a passenger. Do you want to get out and walk? Because it's a long way back to base from here, pal. Uh, green 5 to green 3. This guy is why we don't get better missions. This fool right here, you talk about not being able to fly, this guy can't even find the cockpit when it comes time to load up. Go ahead, Green 5. What can I do for you? Uh, yeah, thanks, Green 3. Um, hey, look, where, where's this Death Star thingy? I, I can't find it. Green 5, what do you mean he can't find it? It's the big, floaty, metallic ball thingy that's all black hanging up there in front of us. You know, the one all the TIE Fighters are pouring out of. Yeah, I know that, but I, I can't find it. I don't see it anywhere. And actually, I can't see anything. I, I, I got no instruments. I got no controls. I got nothing here. Uh, can you give me some directions? Oh yeah, I'll give you some directions. All right. Um, Green 5... Just like last week, you have to have your blast shield raised in order to fly. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about that there, uh, Green 3. Uh, um, okay, uh, let me just, uh, I'll, I'll put it up here. Yeah. I swear, if I wasn't flying for the Alliance, he would be the first guy I shoot down. Hey, hey, hey! Get Green 5! Get your hands Back on the controls! God! Dang! Not like I'm the one who hired them. They just show up. The farm boy? He just showed up. The smuggler? He just showed up. This guy? He just showed up. They don't know nothing about flying. They don't know how to run a starship. They can't read the controls. They don't know where they're going. They couldn't find their butt with two hands. And they stick them in a ship and send them out here and expect us to win. I ask you, is that fair? I've got 15 years flying these stupid X-Wings. And they put me in Green Squadron. Is that fair? Crap, here they come. Fine, get the S-Foils in the block position. Let's get going, come on, try not to die out here. Jeez. So tell me how awesome that was.
That was pretty funny. I will say. <laughs> I will say that was pretty funny. Very, very nice work. Uh, very nice. Was it? Was it Fiddleback who sent that? Thing you it said? was Fiddleback. Fiddleback is the man. Thank you very much, Fiddleback, for that. And yes. I look forward to future submissions. Yes, yes, that would be fantastic. And if you guys have any submissions you want to give us, any bumpers, any I Never Listen to the Order 66 podcast bumpers, any questions for mail call or any submissions in that vein, you can go ahead and email them to us, uh, gmchris at d20radio.com or gmdave at d20radio.com. You can also give us a call at the Loose Line, Dave, which is... 206-600-LUSA-5872. Phantasmagoric. Wonderful. Well, I got some real mail. Shall we get to it? Sure. Okay. I uh, got some good questions this week, about four of them. Um, let's see. TDR Starfish over in Berlin uh, PM'd me this past week with a question about a droid. My inferior. And he asks, he says, uh, look at page 202 of the core rulebook. Now, there are the stats for the Viper probe droid, and there's a little detail I couldn't simply understand. The self-destruction. It says area attack plus five, four die six. Um... Does this droid explode in front of himself so it could hit an adjacent character, or is that supposed to be a ranged area attack? I mean, it wouldn't make sense if it explodes in its own squares, would it? Okay, the answer, my good starfish, is located in the self-destruct system description on page 196 of the core rulebook. Read a little closely. As is stated, when a droid self-destructs, it is treated as an area attack from itself with a burst radius out from the droid two squares per four die six of damage. So in the Viper's case, when he blows up, he destroys himself completely, as it says in the description of the self-destruct system, and he also makes an attack with a plus five bonus, which is the same for any self-destruct system out there, against the reflex defense of anything else within two squares of it. Okay? Make sense? If it hits, it does four die six of damage. Wahoo. Yippee. So there we go. All right, next on the blocket, uh, Shadow Acid posted up a question on the forums that our community already took a crack at. He wanted to know, he said, I have a droid soldier PC in my game who will probably be taking levels in the independent droid prestige class from the Force Unleashed campaign guide. I've been reading through the prestige class to understand its capabilities better, and I came across the independent spirit class feature. Uh, the independent spirit class feature lets the droid PC gain a morale bonus to one of the droid's defenses, equal to half his class level, once an encounter. But it doesn't list a duration for the effect. Does it last one round, the rest of the encounter? I don't think it could be the entire encounter. That would be too uberific. Okay, well, sir, this ability, which for those of you following along is on page 48 of the Forts Unleashed campaign guide, is listed as a reaction. Okay, as such, it provides a one-time bonus to a single defense against a specific single attack. So once you realize you've been attacked, you can choose to activate the ability to gain an immediate boost to the defense of your choice against just that one attack. Get it? Got it? Good. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on. Darth GM asked a good question on the forums about an interesting talent. He says, The Jedi talent Force Haze says that it lasts one minute, but is dismissed instantly if anyone affected by the Force Haze makes an attack. Now, I seem to recall some discussion during a few podcasts about what is an attack check. Force Lightning is an attack. It says attack in the descriptor. That's why you can deflect it. But Force Slam, Force Stun, Move Object, they don't say attack. What about Wound from KOTOR? What about a Force Blast and Repulse from Force Unleashed? By the strictest sense of the wording, one could say no. Does Force Haze allow a Jedi to ruin someone's day while remaining, quote-unquote, invisible? Excellent question, Darth. Okay, now, for those unaware, 
Force Haze is a pretty cool talent. It's on page 40 of the core cool rulebook. A Jedi with this talent can basically, for lack of a better word, cloak himself and the number of allies within line of sight equal to his character level. Um, you make a use the force check, and then any creature that moves within line of sight of any of your hazed buddies or you, um, you compare that use the force check to that target's will defense. If you beat the will, then you and all your allies have total concealment from that person. It's like you're not even there, okay, in terms of you, know, you could be in a dark room, they can't see you. But, as Darth GM notes, it is dismissed the moment you or a hazed ally makes a quote-unquote attack, is what it says in the book. Now, the devs have clarified this statement, and it is chronicled in Raving Dork's officially maintained FAQ on Gleemax. Uh, but it would be, I guess, more accurate if we if the statement said, didn't say attack, but said attack action. Basically, an attack, in this case, is any action that you take that could directly result in damaging a foe. And that's what the devs have kind of clarified. And that makes sense to me. Um, but to be perfectly frank... Uh, I mean, if I was running this, if you tried to mind trick the guy, if you tried to do something to that effect, I would also, um, I would also uh, rule that in the force haze as well. So, yep. Yeah. There we go. Uh, what were you holding up in front of the camera there, big guy? Well, it was just a little card. I just wanted to see what kind of resolution it would get if I put something up there. It was Taylor's uh, AB honor roll thing? She got. Oh. She gets like a free ice cream cone or something. Your daughter made the honor roll. She did. Very happy for you. She's smart, just like her daddy. Aw. Don't kid yourself. You're not smart. Yeah, whatever. <sighs> but I need you, and that's okay. <laughs> well, our last question for uh, Mail Call. Uh, Darth Prefect, he posted up a question on our forums this week. They got a good amount of response. Um, he writes, Would it be possible for someone to use feats like power attack, rapid shot, or even melee defense at the same time as using a destiny point to score an automatic critical hit. Power attack and rapid strike would both let you get huge bonuses to damage, especially with a two-handed weapon, for no penalty. Uh, the only exception would be if you were fighting an opponent with block. Um, while melee defense will let you boost your reflex by a plus five without penalty, you know, at least not if, if you don't expect to be making any attacks of opportunity. Um, and unless I'm mistaken, all of these and probably more could be combined into a single attack, which would be guaranteed to hit and do double damage. By raw, is this possible? And if it is, do you think it should be? I think getting an automatic critical hit is powerful enough without throwing all these other things into the mix. So I'd be reluctant to allow it in a game of mine, personally. Now, Dave, we had some crazy Destiny Point goodness going on in um, our last uh, home yep. game session that you and I played in together. Yep. What do, you th what do you think about this? I think that I did exactly that. I pulled out everything to maximize damage that I possibly could. And, you know, I mean, what are you going to do about it? It's raw. It is, and I don't, I don't see this too imbalancing, but let's talk about why. Um, there were some really good responses posted up to our community, and I recommend going to d20radio.com slash forum to take a look. And I share many of those fine opinions, but here's mine in a nutshell, okay? A destiny point gives you a natural 20 on the die, all right? A natural 20 is an auto hit and an auto crit, period, end of sentence, per raw rules as written, as you said, Dave. Regardless to any penalties or any modifiers or anything else to the roll. If you roll a nat 20, it's an instant critical hit. So yeah, legally, a character could pull out all the stops and then destiny point it. All right? Now considering, and here's where the balance issue comes into play, okay? And we get to the meat of the question, should this be allowed? Considering how rare destiny points are, I would honestly expect nothing less from a good player, such as yourself, Dave. Um, the example I gave in the forums, if I'm a level 5 Wookiee soldier and I'm hurling a Vibro Axe at a foe, 
thinking of you, Dave. <laughs> and I normally have a plus seven to hit, but I want to go full melee defense, full power attack, and rapid, rapid strike. I'm going to get a minus 12 to my normal attack. I'm all of a sudden down to a minus five to hit. All right? But I can spend a destiny point, and it instantly hits. With all that bonus damage of rapid strike and power attack and the reflex bonus of melee defense, and all that damage is doubled for the crit. Is that powerful? Hell yes, it's powerful! It's a destiny point! This is why so many GMs don't use destiny points in anything but serious, long-running campaigns. Do I think it's overpowerful? No. All right, because players are most likely going to use their destiny points on the bosses, the big bad evil guys, the BBEGs, who should also have destiny points, which they can spend to negate destiny pointed attacks. All right. Also, um, as you mentioned yourself in the email, for a foe with block or deflect, you're in a world of hurt, even if you spend the destiny point. The devs have clarified that even a natural 20 can be deflected or blocked. Okay. Your block deflect DC is just equal to 20 plus whatever the attack modifier would have been. And the above example with the uh, Wookiee soldier, the DC would only be a 15 to completely negate that attack and waste the destiny point. So, um, which happened? Which did happen to you? Yes. Yep. So there you go. But I hope that answers your question. And again, if you guys have any questions for us, any uh, rules quandaries you'd like us to take a stab at put our research brains to use, go ahead and email them to us, gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com. Get to the forums at d20radio.com slash forums, sign on, become a member of the Gamer Nation, get your voice heard, or of course, call the loose line, 206-600-5872. Yep. Fantastic. Absolutamente. If I don't say so myself. Yep. Cool. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. We got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. What do you know? (laughs) All right, well, I had two reasons to go out to Watto's this past week, Dave. Um, one, I had a, a request from our good friend Full On Gamer uh, uh, to yes. try and uh, locate a full fairing Y wing uh, for him. And Full On, Watto is searching, but he says he was intrigued by your proposal. He's uh, contacting some people in some certain shipyards, trying to get a hold of one. He says you know they haven't been around for some time, but he's going to see what he can't do. Um, but I also had a second request um, that was actually a little bit earlier. Um, our good friend Fiddleback, who also sent us in uh, that wonderful uh, little little bumper that he did. Um, he, he'd asked me to go out to Waters and try and pick him up a cardio implant, which I got, dude. I got it here. Just drop by Dallas, pick it up. I'll have it here um, along with your change. Don't worry about it. It's here as soon as you can come get it. Um, and uh, Dave, have you seen these things, man? Yep. They're crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, trust the technology is what I say. I, I love how just advanced that we're just getting now with all these, these implants you can just shove inside of you and get all kinds of cool benefits. So so Dave, let's let's say I could give you, oh, just like, a little bitty, you know, operation, and and when you come out of the operation, you're all of a sudden tougher than you were before. Oh, tough as nails. Ah, that's me. Would you be okay with that? Sure, maybe. Maybe. Well, you know what? For only four thousand credits and a skilled cybernetic surgeon, you sir can gain the benefits of the toughness feat, uh, one hit point per level extra for free. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, 
basically as page 74 of the KOTOR campaign guide details the cardio implant. And just like toughness, upon implement implantation, you gain hit points immediately, equal to your character level, and one additional hit point each time you level. Oh, and you can still take toughness if you want, <laughs> which of course is going to give you that two, I guess, total hit points per character level, plus two every time you take a level. Pretty good. Uh, cybernetic implants are pretty cool, but uh, just like cybernetic prosthesis, they do make you vulnerable to ion damage, and they reduce any use the force check that you've got. And also, a unique feature of the implants, due to that whole nervous system interference thing, an implant imposes a minus two penalty to your will defense, and if you ever move down the condition track, for any reason, you move an extra step down because you have an implant. Bah. Yeah. Unless, of course, you have the implant training feet, which negates all those nasty penalties. Nah. So, there you go. It is the cardio implant, and there's a host of wonderful implants out there. I recommend you highly go talk to your local uh, uh, cybernetic surgeon to see about having one installed. As long as you're not a force user, it might not be a bad idea. Nah, I don't think so. so don't, don't go playing with ion grenades. It could be worse. Hey, you never know. It could really know. be worse. It could be, yes. <laughs> well, I guess this brings us to the meat of our cast, Dave. Um, we were kind of hinting at this. The other huge piece of internet goodness that has prompted us to change our plans completely for this podcast, um, posted up this week, was a brand spanking new errata. Yeah, lots of errata. So we're talking about change, are we? We're talking about change. When change will do you good, because there's been some change. All right, Nerf Herders. The Star Wars Saga Edition world shook this past week with the, in my opinion, long overdue list of errata and quote-unquote clarifications to the core rulebook that changed a lot of stuff. The full errata slash clarifications can be viewed in the download section of the official Watsy Star Wars website. Again, www.wizards.com slash Star Wars. And the new rulings and changes in this update were so... I can't say it another way. Game-changing. Yeah. Uh, that we, we had to interrupt our regularly scheduled podcast and talk about them. And talk about them we will. Now, we will not be talking about all of them. No, sir. Uh, all in all, including the shortlist there was before the massive update, there are over 120 bits of errata and or clarification listed to the core rulebook. We are not going to talk about all of that. <laughs> we are going to be highlighting the ones that have changed prior rulings, clarified some really thorny issues, or simply flat out changed the way things work. All right. So I don't want an email or a post after this cast saying, but but GMC, you didn't talk about how Han Solo's stat block got updated. You know, that completely changes the game. Or how could you not talk about this? Or how could you not talk about that? Look, this is just a glimpse at the really hardcore stuff in there, in our opinions. Okay. We highly recommend that you go to the website and read the damn thing yourself. Do what I did. Print it out on 9 by 9 paper, if you're so bold, and bind it, all right? Keep it with your core rulebook. So, let's get going. 
we're not going to go in order, uh, and I apologize for that. Uh, for those who keep uh, are going along in the errata as we go through this episode, but we've decided to group these by category, so to speak, and uh, I think that makes a little bit a little bit of sense. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I'm a categorizing. Well, fool. What do you what do you want, what do you want to talk about first? Yeah, there's a lot here. What what do you what do you want to talk about first? Um, I want to talk about D and D. Okay, wrong podcast. Okay, all right. Um, <clears throat> shoot, I'll talk about uh, Star Wars minis. Not a wrong podcast. Shit. All right, let's talk about the Force. Let's talk about the Force. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right. Force powers and force stuff changed a, a lot with, um, with, 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 with this errata. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the various things that changed relating to the Force. First and foremost, the Use the Force skill. Page 77 of the Core Rulebook. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, this flips me out. I'm excited about this. Okay, get this, Dave. You get know the, the move light object application of the use the force skill where you can like lift up a uh, a small rock or whatever and throw it at something for a d6 of damage, you know? Bah. You're familiar with that, I take it. Of course. You know, Luke in the in the Wampa Cave, you know, reaching down and pulling that uh, that Yeah, uh, yeah we had up. to we had to actually do that in a game run by a very poor GM that put his guys up on a cliff and all we could do yeah. was really pick up the guy's guns and throw it back yeah. at him with move light object. That's all we could do. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in any event, um, now the move light object application of the use the force skill now lets you treat the projectile you hurl as a ranged attack for the purposes of talents and feats that interact with ranged attacks. Okay, what does that mean? Well, point blank shot, rapid strike, they don't do squat. Okay, those affect attack rolls. This is still a skill check, though it is a ranged attack. What it means, younglings, is that deflect can now be used against move light object. Think of Luke fighting Vader on Bespin in episode five, you know, where Vader's throwing that crap at him and he's like slicing it off with his lightsaber until he starts failing his checks, you know? Um, and, <laughs> and we get to reverse a prior show ruling based on this change, which I'm very happy about. Yep. You can now, thanks to this, use sneak attack and dastardly strike with move light object. You busted! I have already set up an NPC scoundrel, force using scoundrel on the forums, who's like only third level, but uh, yeah. she, she does like three die six from concealment when hurling a, uh, a, a rock at somebody. It's just brilliant. I love it. So, one beautiful change. Moving on. Sensing the dark side. Page 41 of the core rulebook, they want you to add in an entirely new sidebar. People, and we've had questions about this as well. Okay, can you sense the dark side? Is it possible? What do you do? But basically, this new sidebar they want you to add says, to even use any talent or feat, etc., that depends on the target having a dark side score, you, like, for instance, Sever Force, you have to be aware that the target has a dark side score. How are you aware? Observation and GM fiat. And that is spelled out clearly in this uh, clarification. Okay, like if, if you see somebody killing two people right in front of them, uh, yeah, th- it's obvious they have dark side points. If you see a thief stealing some, something from somebody, yeah, it's obvious he has a dark side point. Yeah. If you see a guy fire off force lightning, duh. But other than that, you pretty much have to know that they have a dark side score, either from prior experience or the actions that you've seen them taken. Now, it does say that the GM can waive the requirement if he sees it's appropriate, but ultimately it is GM fiat. So that kind of squelches a lot of argumentation right there, and it also sits firmly in stone that the whole sense force application cannot tell if someone is steeped in the dark side, Yep. despite uh, Yoda's rantings to the contrary. 
Yep. All right, moving on. Fortitude defense versus damage threshold. Um, I've kind of grouped together several several changes into one sort of conglomerate here. Um, this little change is present in many force powers, and they go uh, across it throughout the errata. We're only going to say this once. Many force powers out there, force grip, force slam, force stun, they are against the target's damage threshold. And that's actually what it said in the prior errata, was they were going to go against damage threshold. This has changed. Basically, any power that once targeted damage threshold now simply targets your fortitude defense. And you'll notice that all the powers in the new books target fortitude defense as well. They've made this change to kind of uh, make them all on equal footing so you know that, okay, they're going to target one of the three defenses, and that's it. So the errata's been eroded? The errata has been eroded, strictly in the sense of, um, uh, well, like okay, like uh, force grip, um, force slam, those were always against uh, uh, were always against fortitude defense, that's fine. Um, or excuse me, against damage threshold. But now they've been eroded to fortitude defense. And what was really weird is that force stun in the book says will defense, but that was wrong. So they changed it in the first errata to say damage threshold, but now that it's been re-errated to just say fortitude defense. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, yeah. So psychobabble. All right. Moving on. Let's let's okay. Speaking of those force powers, they've made some changes to our yeah. favorite force powers. So force let's, lightning. Let's, let's talk about no nothing to force lightning. No. But battle strike. Battle strike. Page ninety six. Okay. The Munchkinism is now officially illegal. Um, now, Dave, do you remember when we talked about, when we had our, our way back, I think it was like episode four, when we talked about Jedi, and we talked about Battlestrike and that nasty little trick you can play with Battlestrike where you can uh, basically you know, turn it on in the shower in the morning? Yeah. Uh, because the wording of it said, basically, it's the next attack you make that it applies to. Well, that could be two hours yeah. away. right. But, I mean, you, like it's like you brought up, we had that situation in our game where... You, you, Basically, some guy was like, and they were, you guys were about to bust into a room, and he's like, I battle strike. And it's like, well, you're not in the encounter yet. I know, but I battle strike now. <laughs> and, you know, ugh, because it was okay. your next attack. Yeah. Because it's his next attack. All right. Yeah. And so the Munchkinism is now officially illegal, as when you use battle strike, according to the errata, it applies only to the next attack you make before the end of your next turn. So no more charging up battle strike in the car with your cup of coffee on the way to work. Sucks. Yep. All right. Now, although Force Lightning did not get the nerf bat, uh, one of our favorite Force powers did. Uh, Force Grip. Page 97. What was once the ultimate tool of cunage, not ponage, but cunage. Q is one more than P, is better. Ronage. Um, It has now been nerfed considerably. How do you ask? Force Grip now has a range of six squares and line of sight. Whereas it used to be now right. it's not. Now it's now it's just nonage. Yeah, it's not even much. O. Yeah, um, not not even sense surroundings is going to get you around this one. You have to be mm. within six squares of the target, and you have to have unobstructed line of sight to them, uh, which really sucks um, for those of us who liked using it to just kick the crap out of things. Now, among other things, um, this means that Darth Vader force gripped Admiral Ozzel in Episode Five um, through judicious use of the distant power force secret. Uh, which he does have, according to his stop block. Of course. <laughs> of course. Anything to make sense of the movies. Yes. Well, you know, you got you to gotta try. Situation gotta try. normal. Uh, yeah, we're, we're fine here. How are you? How are you? What do you think about this ruling, man? I know you had some misconceptions about uh, force grip being just way too powerful, just because it, you know, if you, if you 
beat the if you beat if you made the check and beat their defense, it limited them to a swift action, and yeah. that was like the big killer. Of it. I, I I really don't care actually now because we've gone through I don't know how many sessions and no one even has the power, so it NPCs have yeah well uh, what it's been used against us once twice maybe I really don't I I don't think that I have a really care i mean it's been nerfed great sure okay now now it's it's one thing out of the toolbox that you can't use against us to as great an extent as you have before but um as far as a pc goes i have yet to meet, meet a pc who actually used it well it's usually because it garners you a dark side point for the various you know nasty things that it, it can do and that's right. you know that that's it's it's nasty it's it's absolutely nasty um, so, but yeah, according to the errata, it is now six squares. I'm reading it right now. Six squares and line of sight. All right, moving on. Force thrust uh, is another power, page 98. And this is kind of odd. Now, Dave, this is another power that I know you've never seen in our games because it's had little cause to be used. Um, but for seasoned players and seasoned GMs, this becomes a beat stick at high levels especially. Um, this is a very little use power, which is basically it does no damage unless you, it, like it does a d6 if you hit something, but it just pushes you back basically. Um, and uh, this became the secret smile of the seasoned player, especially at high levels, because the way the power works is it was a use the force check versus a strength check. And when I get to mid to high levels, my use the force check is going to be plus 15. Okay, my strength check is probably going to be still what plus four. Yep, plus three. So you could almost always make it work at high levels. I mean, you could hurl to most anyone, even another level 20 character across the room. And it became the I win button um, for a lot of players. But it has now been disabled. It's too bad. Oh, hey. We need to go, so, back, to, we need to go back to first force grip. Why? Range is 12 squares. I'm looking at the errata right now. The errata says force grip. Change the target text to one target within six squares and line of sight. Really? Right here. Why is, in my list Loretta. Why, is um, why is the chat room going crazy and saying 12? I don't know. And line I printed of this off Friday. Saturday. Friday. I printed this off Friday. Huh. Force grip, guys. Force grip. Apparently. Very, yeah, uh, I, I don't know what the... Uh, apparently it's the, been updated. <laughs> oh, that's great, Watsy. Thank you. Wow. Thank you very much. Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Oh, well, see, that just puts a big old kink in everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. they say it, up, it was updated yesterday. Oh, it was updated. I'm looking online. Oh, no. Look oh. at that. See, here we are trying to put together content, content oh. that's on the cutting edge, and Watsy has to go and change the change. In so, a day. Yeah. Oh. You know, guys oh, like us that's... who just put together cutting edge podcasts are just going to have to suffer. But, hey, it's a good thing we had a chat room to keep us on our toes. Oh, this is very true, and keep us from having to do an errata later. That's right. <laughs> Felder carb. Fracking Felder carb. Okay, well, listen, we're not done with force thrust. Okay, the I win button has been disabled with force thrust. It's no longer just a strength check versus use the force. It is now a use the force check versus strength plus base attack, which mm. is huge because that obviously scales with you. So, very cool. All right, we had a question about this last podcast rebuke, page 100. They finally decided to put an end to all the rebuke nonsense, and they have officially clarified that if you rebuke a force power, the effect it has or the damage it deals is based on the original use the force check made to activate the power. All right. So if <laughs> the person who initially started the power spent a force point, that force point applies whether it's rebounded back or not. So there you go. So um, there. So that 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 makes uh, that makes good sense and um, I'm perfectly fine with that. 
Okay, now, now we get into some crazy stuff. Leaving Forest Powers behind, moving on to some talents. Um, well, one talent in particular, or two. Uh, block and Deflect, page 41. We all know how these things work. Now, as of the errata, you can spend a Force Point to use either talent, if you have it, to negate an attack against an adjacent character. Holy crap on a stick, Batman. Don't like it. Why not? Nah, uh, I don't know. I just don't like it. There was a oh, talent. It's fitting. I don't know. I, li- I like it a lot. Well, I mean, I it know. used to be you had to multi-class into Soldier to get harm's way to do something like that. And now you can do it, but you, it's going to cost you a force point. I mean, you don't get those very, you know, I mean, you know, that's, that's a finite resource. Yeah, I guess. But what's your what's your aversion to it? I don't know. I just don't. I don't like the idea of a noble being able to spend a force point and deflect an attack when they're just really the little clothy, so to speak, of the party anyway. I just don't, I mean... Well, they, I mean, it's, it's going to be a multi-classroom. you got to have at least one level in chat. I just, in order to get the, the deflect or the block. I guess, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can see it, I guess... If you have the one level, and that's what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the the nine level noble and the one level Jedi just to get a, a talent like that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's like I don't know. It's like reaching your lightsaber out like a bat, just to oh hey, let me go ahead and save your ass. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, hey, one level and soldier, and you could do it with harm's way. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, okay. All right. So I mean, you know, know. when yeah, did it happen it in the movie? Like, when did it happen in the movie? Tell me, tell me now. Don't wait for them. Don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. I don't know when it happened in the movie, but I okay. know it's happened in some of the books. Okay. Yeah, so mostly Joe says, why even take harm's way then? Huh? 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 Answer me that. Rodney, get your butt on the podcast right now. Call I me. can tell you why okay. you take harm's way. So you don't have to spend a force point. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we get a whole bunch of force points anyway. I never use them all. That's your own fault. You should use them every chance you get. I should. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of uh, using the Force, um, they have made one other uh, piece of errata to page 96 of the core rulebook in terms of rolling a natural 20 on your Use the Force check. So, you know, if you're a Force user and you roll a natural 20 on your Use the Force check, you would have all of your spent Force powers returned to your suite. Right. Okay? Right? Sure. But now, only... If that use the force check is made to activate a force power. Oh, you mean uh, I can't sense surrounding anymore with that little cheese ball trying to get no, all my force points no, back? No, no, oh. no. More, no more munchkin Jedi spending your swift action left the unused in the round to sense surroundings and hoping to God you roll a natural 20. No more deflect and block rolls hitting 20 and all of a sudden rebounding all your spent powers. Bah. No. Uh, the Darth Bat has hit it and I'm glad it was a little overbalanced in my opinion. So, Telekinetic. Brand new thing. Page 96. Um, they added a whole new... In page 96, they talk about the mind-affecting force powers. Yeah. And they've added a whole new category underneath them called telekinetic. And um, they made things easier and they ju- and just, you know, lumped together a new type of force power with the... the you know, force powers with the quote-unquote bracketed telekinetic descriptor behind them, just like the mind-affecting descriptor. And you could already see brand new telekinetic powers in both the KOTOR campaign guide and the Force Unleashed campaign guide. And in the core rulebook, you can pencil in telekinetic descriptors behind force disarm, force grip, force slam, force thrust, and move object. Um, and, oh yeah, if a target of a telekinetic power has concealment against you, oh. the concealment bonus they get becomes a penalty to your use the force check to activate the power against them. 
Mm. Unless, of course, you sense surroundings to avoid concealment. Yeah. Which is very cool. But this brings us to Telekinetic Savant. Uh, Force talent on page 100. This talent was neat, and it was semi-useful. Um, you took it, it allowed you to recall a spent usage of Force Disarm, Force Grip, Force Slam, Force Thrust, or Move Object, those telekinetic powers from the Force Rulebook, uh, from the Core Rulebook, once an encounter. Now, it simply lets you recall a used power with the telekinetic descriptor, <laughs> meaning that it can be used with all six of the uh, new telekinetic force powers in the KOTOR campaign guide. Did you hey, did you mean others. to totally conceal yourself <laughs> while we're talking about total concealment? Because Why? You, what happened? You just killed your broadcast on the... Uh, no, yeah, I'm fine. The You're the one. You, you, you've completely disappeared. Well, I, oh, well, I'm still broadcasting. Oh, hang on. Well, hang on a sec. Let, let's, let's, see, let's see what we Sense can do. I think I know what the problem may be. Sense surroundings now. Here we go. No, well, I'm sorry. I think my camera had a had a gack, but I'm I'm back. The camera so. had a gack. Camera had a back. Well, let's let's move on, shall we? Yes. Okay. Where 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 were we? We were talking about telekinetic savant. We were yes? talking about telekinetic savant. Yep. Okay, telekinetic savant. Um, okay, moving on. Force point recovery. Now this was a a big a big uh, nerf bat hit to the system right there. Um, oh wait, let me sense surroundings. Oh, I'm back. Ah, there uh, I found him. I'm back. Yes, I'm back. Sorry, chat room. Um, <laughs> force point recovery, absolutely huge. Page one hundred two. Now, Dave, if you recall, we talked about force point recovery when we talked about Jedi Knight as one of those force techniques that you're going to want to take over and over and over again. But because basically. You know, if you take it, um, you can, you know, at the end of the encounter, you regain a force spent force point. Right. And you can take it multiple times. Right. So it became almost ridiculous. You have guys that would munchkin up on this and recover four force points at the end of the encounter. Right. Right. Now it can no longer be taken multiple times. Ha, ha, ha. Oh. 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 It hurts. It hurts. Uncle Owen, make it stop. It hurts. Oh, it hurts so bad. Um. So, yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I think that was a needed nerf. Uh, it was really imbalanced. You have guys that would recover literally three or four force points at the end of yeah, the encounter. Yeah, it was suck. it sucked. It sucked. It was horrible. Yeah. So, great. Serenity. Game. Serenity now. So, Serenity, yes. Page 220, Serenity. Uh, the Jedi Master class feature we talked about where you, you know, do the Qui-Gon thing and you uh, come out of it and you automatically score a natural 20 on your next use the force check or attack roll. They have now clarified that you are completely helpless and cannot perform any actions whatsoever while you are in serenity yes and that's a big deal because you sense. have these guys that would uh totally make go sense. into serenity and yeah do stuff yep so totally makes very sense. very 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 nasty very very yeah. okay well let's leave the force behind and uh talk about some other talents well one in particular that uh got a good clarification and it makes a section of our podcast last week completely obsolete Nullifies it. Nullifies it. Fool's luck, Gamer Nation. Page 46, the scoundrel talent from the fortune talent tree. Finally, finally, the house rule that we mentioned last episode is no longer a house rule. Yep. Sigh. Rodney, really? I mean, you could have saved us the airtime, dude. Sheesh. God. Fool's luck's previously unnamed bonus, which would, of course, stack with anything is now a competence bonus. 
And this, among other things, means that Fool's Luck no longer stacks with skill focus because it's also a competence bonus. Right. Force Monkey, Scoundrel, Munchkins, be gone! GM Rodney has banished thee! Uh, I, I don't know where that came from. I'm not sure either. I, I liked it. Let's move on. Okay. Wow. Are you in a hurry or something? No. Just Fine. bad radio. Bad radio. <laughs> You're bad radio. Bad yeah, yeah, and you're your too. Your mother. Yeah, yeah. Your mama. Okay, moving on. Feats. Feats have changed quite a bit. Um, acrobatic strike. <laughs> Page 82. Poor, poor GM Brev. Uh, uh, poor GM Brev. GM Brev actually cried over this um, when I shared the errata with him at lunch this week. Uh, okay, this was the most hotly debated change in the rules, and it has been the huge nerf bat used to beat Acrobatic Strike into submission. The plus five bonus that it used to provide to attacks after tumbling to avoid an attack of opportunity is now only a plus two. Um, in my opinion, I think that was highly justified. Acrobatic Strike was way too powerful. I mean, well, look, look Dave, you, you have a character with, with, uh, with, with power attack, okay? Yeah. And you'd actually entertained at one point... Uh, Going into scoundrel just so you could yeah. train in acrobatics so you could get this feat. Right. So, I mean, because you can take a minus five to hit, get a plus ten to damage with a two handed weapon, and then have that penalty totally negated by the with acrobatics this strike. Feat. Yep. Yeah. So, it's just, it was, it's almost stupid. Yep. Um, so, I'm really glad they nerfed it. Yep. I like it a lot. Me too. Me too. Me three. Burst fire. Um, I have another player in our campaign, the Mandalorian uh, with the big gun, uh, who absolutely loves his burst fire. Um, page 82 of the core rulebook. Okay, this ruling is not going to affect too many players, but it could affect some. So, okay, you know Burst Fire, basically what you do is you, you make an auto-fire attack, um, but it doesn't target an area. It basically targets a single creature, and it does an extra two dice of damage, but you take a mi- the same minus five penalty to hit. Yep. Well, now, if you don't have a strength score of at least 13 and you attempt this, that becomes a minus 10 penalty Whee. instead of a minus Yeah. Um, unless you're talking about vehicle weapons. Which makes sense. No. Strength shouldn't play into vehicle weapons too much. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. And along that same lines, uh, page 88, rapid strike and rapid shot. Um, very similar nerf. Rodney himself hinted at this when he was on with us in episode 12, way back when. Um, and it was even updated in Jedi Counseling. But now it is canon, younglings, per the errata. A strength of 13 is no longer a prerequisite for rapid shot, and a dexterity of 13 is no longer a prerequisite for rapid strike. But if you don't have at least a 13 in that score, the little minus 2 penalty you take for the rapid attack becomes a minus 5 instead, unless you're using a vehicle weapon. Right. So... I really like this. I mean, it really sat uneasy with me at the time when Rodney first talked to me about it. But as I've played more just in the past six months, I've really seen where this could make sense. Um, I don't see strength or dexterity, or excuse me, I don't see I don't see dexterity playing, uh, uh, or excuse me, strength playing a role in that vehicle weapon with rapid shot. It just doesn't make sense for me. Right. So right. I see the nerf. I see why it was done. Sure. Uh, big other changes. Uh, let's see. We've got let's let's go into some skills and then move into some combat mechanics to round things off. Skills, okay. two huge changes. Jump, 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 jump. Um, another thing, GM Brev boy, got boy, happy boy, about. Boy, boy, boy. Jump, jump. Page sixty-eight. In the falling down section of the jump skill, it used to be that if you succeeded a DC fifteen jump check, you could reduce your falling damage by two squares, three meters, basically. Okay. 
Now, for every 10 points by which you beat the DC, you reduce the damage by another 3 meters, another 2 squares. So now Surge has a whole new meaning. Um, if you spend a Force Point and max out and, and get a max roll in your jump check, and max, max out, use the Force check, okay, and spend a Force Point, you can get like a plus 40 to your jump check. And that means if you take 10 on your jump, you're looking at a 50 of a jump check, and that alone is going to negate, you know, you basically are going to be able to fall about 10 squares, 8 or 10 squares with no damage whatsoever. Mm. And, you know, a, a uh, you know, that, that's a rather large, long fall to just not take any damage. So with that ruling, it really makes surge have a lot more value, and and I, and I like it. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think you should just just reduce two squares. If you make if you make a better DC, you should be able to you know negate right. more damage. So I like it. Yep. You All go. you that have surge, you like surge, surge. Uh, like <laughs> do, you, do you remember Beverly Hills Cop? Of course. Yeah, I was going with the lemon twist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. The, I the, lemon, the lemon twist. It's wonderful. Bronson Pinchot. Where the hell did he go? Um. Dude, I saw him on, he was like the president's assistant or something carrying around the little book, and it was in a movie, and I don't remember what it was. Really? Yeah. Oh. I really don't remember what it was. Doggone yeah. it. Uh, nah, that, that's pretty cool. Another thing, too, that they made about the, uh, it, it's not really in the jump section, it's about, it, it was later on in the falling damage. Um, they also capped falling damage at 20 die 6. Oh so. no! You know what? It was it was. Um, oh, dang it! Honor, um, Medal of Honor went to Meg Ryan's character, and she died. Are you still talking about Bronson Pinchot? Yeah, and she flew a helicopter, and okay. it was called something. <laughs> it was I, I you know it was it was a Denzel Washington. You know he was a tank guy, and he like blew up his best friend Voilar. See, I can remember yeah. that. I can remember that. Okay, Courage oh. Under Fire. Thank you very much. Courage Under Fire. Courage, okay, so apparently Bronson Pinchot was in Courage Under Fire. Thank yep. you for that four minutes of wasted And he was on the uh, Surreal Life, too, by the way. That does not surprise me. Yeah. Thank you, Skibuda. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, mechanics. moving on. What mechanics? Uh, oh, yeah. Mechanics, page 70. This is actually old errata. It was in the errata um, before this big update, but nobody knew about it, so I think it's important to talk about it. Because, um, I mean, from half the in-game debates I've gotten into, nobody knew about it. Uh, now, as far as mechanics goes, when you jury-rig something, aside from moving it two steps up the condition track, you also give it a diet of hit points, which is important. That wasn't there before. So basically, you're moving things up the condition track, but it's still at zero hit points. doesn't make sense. Um, and oh, oh, oh yeah... And you can finally aid a mechanics check if you're not trained in mechanics. Yeah, baby. And that's a big deal. So Especially for a Wookiee. Especially for a Wookiee. Especially for a noble. So there you go. All, All right. right. Cool. And the last few things to touch on. Uh, big changes from the errata. Mechanics and combat. Um destiny points now dave this is i mean you saw this again firsthand with the huge destiny point spooge that got splattered over the final encounter in our last game uh, no need to get vulgar um, sir no well I, I i i blow a load of destiny in his face oh yes indeed to say the least oh, but mercy. destiny points page 113 of course you know you guys know one of the best uses of destiny points aside from the whole negating attacks thing is that you can spend a destiny point to act out of turn, i.e. change your position in initiative. Okay? Now, this can only be done once an encounter yep. after the errata. Yep, um, righto. In our, in our own game, that happened like two or three times, I think. 
I don't think I don't think one character did it any more than just once. The NPC did. The NPC did. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. She did. <laughs> so it would have affected you the outcome greatly. Uh, you probably would have killed her sooner than you did. That's right. Uh, but the bitch still <laughs> burned in hell, uh, and I yeah. threw her down, down into the chasm. And Thank you. Whoa. Wowza. Yowza. I don't what know what that? that was. I don't know what that was either. Okay, here's the good and bad to the condenser mic. Okay. They're great microphones, but if you blow into it, it does really weird stuff. Why don't you get a microphone cover like a normal radio personality? I well, I, uh, dude, I put don't put your know. sock on. It's okay. It looks like a penis. It's all right. Uh, I just can't. I just can't do it. These sixteen put, lovely people put the in the prophylactic chat room. on the mic. Prophylactic. <laughs> if it'll stop that crap. Okay, reactions. All right. Reactions. Oh, once again. We're reversing a prior ruling. Page 144, reactions. Uh, thanks to this clarification, per the errata, you can now only take a single reaction to any one action or effect. Okay. Now, where this really places is, is you, you, so you would have guys that would try to rebuke something like force lightning and then fail, and so then they try and deflect it. Okay. Ah, well, yeah. now can't do that. You got to pick one or the other. But the Munchkinism came in where, you know, you I know you and I were talking about this. This really nixes the whole, I deflect the same attack twice thing. Ah, yes. Because, I star 69 you, know, you. I star 69 I, you back. I star, yeah, yeah. Uh, because whatever. you had guys that per wording, these rules lawyering Munchkins that would say per the wording of deflect, it just says that you can do this and you take a minus five penalty each time to deflect. Yeah. It doesn't say you're only attempt, you can only attempt to try it once. Right. Even <laughs> so it's though, like, yeah. I deflected. You failed. I had to try again. Oh, you can't do that. Yes, I can. The book says I can. So yeah. Now you can't do that anymore. The book only says you can if the GM is a moron, and I am not. Therefore, you and cannot. I am not. So there we go. Hello, Darth Kramer. Oh, Darth Kramer jumps up on my shoulder. Oh, hey, we have Cat in the video. We have Cat in the video. Very nice. Get the pussy out. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mercy. I, I'm afraid that I'll have to... The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. Okay. There you go. You just put that at the start of all of our shows. <laughs> now I'm free to say things like penis and prophylactic and, you know, oh. go, go, for the, go for the full Monty. Your microphone looks like a cock. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, look at that. All Outlaw Night Zero. This is pretty classy. Yeah, <laughs> well, what, what are you going to do? It's just, we're, we're a classy program. What are we, are, we are not meant for the young at heart. I mean, we no. are meant for the young at heart. We're just not meant for the young. Of ear. The young of ear. Oh, That's yes. right. So, Zarissa, it's a little bit too late to tell you not to let your kid listen to it, but don't. <laughs> don't. Okay, moving on. Uh, more in the mechanics combat front. Huge changes. Charging. Charging. I know this affects you a lot, Dave. Page uh. 152. Now, similar to 4th edition D&D, after you charge, which is standard action still, it ends your turn which I really like because yep. it gets away from that whole scenario. Remember, what was it, like episode like 14 or 15, we had that person call in with the, or write in with the Yeah, uh, charge and then he'd withdraw, charge, withdraw, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it, now that trick can't be done because <clears throat> charging officially ends your movement. Thank you for playing. Thank you for playing. And, and, and also they officially now say it, you cannot use acrobatics to tumble as part of your charge. Oh, well. No ifs, ands, or buts. It is rules as written. Yep. Too bad. So sad. So sad. Okay, moving on. Area attacks. Area attacks. Page 155. Firstly, there's two big things here. Firstly, 
aiming now provides zero benefit for an area attack. So if somebody has cover against an area attack, aiming shouldn't provide benefit. You really can't aim with an area attack. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but people were using it because it was rules as written. But now aiming provides no benefit. If they have cover, they keep it. Wahoo. Um, but this is the big change, which would have affected y'all's game quite a bit. I got a lot of this stuff really would have changed how we play things in our, our last game, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yeah. Um, a nat 20 on an area attack, whether it be a grenade or a flamethrower or anything else, a nat 20 on an area attack does automatically hit. It is a nat 20, but it does not deal double damage. Mm. So if you crit with an area attack, you no longer deal double damage with it. Yep. And that's huge because you guys got hit with a crit grenade. Um, yeah, I remember I guess that. First, first round of the BBEG encounter. Yeah, I remember that. And I thought in my head, you know, grenade shouldn't be able to crit, but I guess now it, it can't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, so there you go. I mean, I can see an instant hit, but not double damage. There you go. All right. There you go. Moving on. Okay. Stuff to do with vehicles. There were some really interesting changes here. Vehicle damage threshold, page 169. Holy crap. A whole new rule altogether that is going to make vehicle combat a lot more lethal. All right. Check this. If a vehicle takes damage greater than its damage threshold, the amount of damage above the damage threshold is divided in half and is applied to all characters in the vehicle. That's cool. Anytime. I like that. Not just not just when the vehicle is destroyed. It used to be just when the vehicle was destroyed, you know, that they would take half half of that destroyed damage, basically. But I like it, too. It makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, if, if, if you get to take a hit hard enough, you're going to get knocked around. And, you know, that impact is going to transfer. And I really like it. And if you're dealing with a vehicle like a Star Destroyer that has a damage threshold of, you know, 8 million or whatever it has, it's insane. It's highly unlikely that any damage is going to get passed to anyone inside because the thing is so darn massive that it just absorbs all the impact. Right. It makes sense raw and it makes sense mathematically. I like it a lot. So there I you go. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Vehicle collisions, page 173. Holy crap. A whole new rule altogether that is going to make vehicle combat a lot less lethal. Um, in vehicle collisions, as long as the vehicle provides cover to those that are on board, all damage the occupants take is now reduced by the vehicle's damage threshold. So if I'm in a shuttle that gets rocked um, and I end up taking damage... Um, is reduced by the, the vehicle's damage threshold. It's kind of the inverse of the above ruling, basically. Um, so if something does impact me directly, affect me directly, the vehicle's damage threshold reduces that. There so you go. I really like that. And lastly, one final amazing piece of errata to talk about. Droids. There was a lot of droid errata in here, a lot of stuff dealing with stat blocks. But in terms of PC droids, droid traits, page 188, they now spell it out. A droid has no con score. As such, a droid does not ever gain an ability bonus to a con-based skill check, and they can never, ever take a feat or a talent with a con-based prerequisite. So if you're a droid scout, you're out of luck. <laughs> um, no no shake it off for you, no matter what. Uh, so that's that's the official ruling now. The only time that strength ever factors into a droid's uh, you know, non-strength-based skills is they do apply strength to their fortitude defense. But that is it, period. So End of story. End of story. So there we go. That's it. And uh, I, I kind of like that ruling. So that's it. All in all, 
personally, I, mean, I know you had some disagreement, Dave, but I agree with pretty much every change they've made. I think the game has been improved as a whole as a result of that, and that makes me really excited. But, um, I mean, they're, they're like, people are going to be penciling a lot of stuff into their books, for sure. <laughs> but I recommend keeping the errata with you if you can. Actually, I recommended keeping the errata with you, except for the fact that they want to go ahead and change it every 24 hours, or something to that effect. Or something to that effect, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll talk to Rodney about that, see what we can do. Yeah. So, eh. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you, what are you going to do? So, eh, well, there you go. But I like it, so uh, you guys should definitely take a look at it. And thank you, Rodney. Thank you, Watsy, for taking the time to finally get that to get that up there. It's really crazy. This is uh, one of the reasons I, I'm finding that I, I love this game based on the game that it is. I love this game based on the mechanics, Dave. But I'm finding, I mean, just talking with Rodney and, you know, and all, all the all the other you know, freelance designers, guys like Sterling, guys like uh, Gary Sarley, they're so active in the community. Right. It's just crazy. Yeah. They they go on the Gleamax forums. They answer questions. They come on to fan-based podcasts and talk with us for no apparent reason. And they genuinely seem to be really taking interest in what the community feels about the game and the changes that the community suggests. And yep. those changes miraculously seem to find their way into the game. And that is brilliant. I, I think in, in all my years of gaming, I have never seen that level of company involvement in terms of, of listener testing and making modifications to the product on such a scale. Right. Um, it's it's devotion. And I, I for never seen sake, that. I never seen I really that devotion in a droid before. Never I've never seen that devotion in a droid before. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, Watsy. Thank you. We really, really appreciate it. Twenty docking bay hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. I love you dancing in the background back there. Oh, that's me. Yeah, dancing in the background. Cool song. Well, TK421 is unavailable at this point in time. He is on assignment, and we wish him well. I'm sure he's fine. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. But we are going to move on with the, D- with the D20 Docking Bay, where we answer thorny rules questions. And uh, this D20 Docking Bay is thanks to Jedi No Eyes, who asked on our forums about the Dark Rage Force power. And he posts thusly. He says, I don't know if this has been posted before, but I'm curious as to what you guys think on this. I was wondering what skills and actions per raw can and can't be done while under the influence of this power, Dark Rage. While the rage description in the Wookiee racial abilities, it lists a few skills. I'm not sure if these two rages are similar or not. Looking forward to any clarification you guys can provide. Excellent question, sir. So let's have at it. Let's talk about Dark Rage, all right? Great force power. We talked about it in our Dark Side podcast. Page 96 of the Core Rulebook, Dark Rage is a Dark Side power. It provides you a rage bonus to attack and damage. Anywhere from a plus two to a plus six, depending on where you use the force check. Um, a rage bonus to both attack and damage rolls until the end of your turn, or spend a force point, make it last all encounter. However, and it says so, while consumed by rage, you cannot use skills or perform tasks that require patience or concentration. Hmm. Now, Wookiee Rage. 
Of all the cool species abilities that Wookiees get, this is probably one of the most iconic, okay? Page 32 of the core rulebook, Wookiees can enter into a rage once a day normally. They get a plus two rage bonus to both attack and damage rolls for a number of rounds equal to five plus the Wookiees con modifier. Um, and when their rage is over, they drop a step down the condition track, all right? And it says, cannot use skills or perform tasks that require patience or concentration. Then goes a step further to say, such as mechanics, stealth, or use the force mm, very important uh -huh. okay bottom line there's a lot of gm fiat here all right mechanics stealth use the force it's hardly a comprehensive list especially since it says skills such as okay personally if i was ruling this i would toss in use computer knowledge survival um yeah pretty much any skill except for jump climb swim perception initiative and acrobatics all right question is does that list apply to Dark Rage? I mean, Use the Force especially could be crippling to a Dark Force user. Considering they both provide a Rage bonus, and they both have identical wording when talking about using skills and performing tasks that require patience and concentration, I would rule yes, that it does apply. Maybe. Is that ruling official? No. No. Uh, there has been no official ruling yet. Does it make sense and help nerf a potentially broken power? Yeah. And that's kind of where we leave with that. So I hope that explains things a bit further for you, sir. And uh, that's kind of my ruling on that subject. And if you guys want to disagree with me, post your own opinions up there. Call me a nerf herder. Call me a punk. I really wish more people would do it. Only a couple have had the balls to do so so far. And we've had some great discussions on the forums at d20radio.com slash forum. Go ahead and email us as well. GMChris at d20radio.com. GMDave at d20radio.com. Call the lose the line. Get your voice heard. Yep. Because we want to hear it. So there you go. Well, I think it just about brings it into our cast, Dave. I think it does, too, as a matter of fact. I am it's... so much looking forward to next week's podcast. That I we know. finally get to talk to Sam, <laughs> and we finally get to release the Shroud of Secrecy. Ah, yes. That would be nice. So, I can't wait, guys. Tune in next week, and until then, thank you for listening. We wish you peace, love, and good gaming. That's right. And keep those dice a-rolling. This is Zuppy, Jedi Apprentice from the D20 Radio Forums, and I discovered the true power of the dark side by listening to the Order 66 podcast and GM Chris. What is thy bidding, my master? This is GM Brev, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. And in about seven months, I really won't have time to listen to the Order 66 podcast as my wife and I bring a new Jedi baby into the world. All right. Let's hope they're not twins. I don't think I can handle Luke and Leia. Bye, guys. Uh, yeah, I just want to buy a droid. Nice, but uh, have you got anything that's cheaper? Whoa, that that seems dangerous. Uh, next. Oh, come on, guys, get serious. I'm gonna head over to the sand people if you don't have them. Perfect. D20 Radio, where gamers roll.
www.d20radio.com. This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at StarWars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at Wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related websites, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. Thank you.